This is the Unscripted Podcast. How can I, how can I de-escalate this? That's the that's the better challenge, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. how can I talk some dude into cuffs and him think it's the right thing? Yeah. <laughs> you right. Yeah. I need to go to jail. I, I'm. Dead we were watching cops this. last night. I'm too dangerous right now. We were watching cops last night before we went to bed, and uh, there's an app called Pluto, and like you can watch TV on it or whatever. And uh, so we're watching this cop show. I mean, we're watching cops, you know, the show last Here's night. Ben. And they show up on a domestic, right? And this chick's heirs, no teeth, right? Of she's course. about 25, you know, no teeth. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I, you need to arrest me. He's like, all right, well, I mean, that's always on the table, ma'am. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I need to go to jail. And I'm, I'm, I didn't hit my daddy in the face. And he's like, all right, well, that's probably what's going to happen then. Just, I'm going to just detain you for right now to figure out what's going on. Well, he goes over there, and she's like, and but you can hear her screaming like, I want my teeth. And and she's like, he's so he comes back. He's like, man, what'd you say? I want my teeth. And she's like, where's your teeth at? They over there, and my stuff's over there. They in a trailer park, right? right. And, and pointing at this trailer, my stuff's in that one. My teeth's over there, over there. Right? right? He's like, well, why is your teeth over there and your stuff over there for? I, I make him thousands of dollars. And you're like, what do you mean you make them? Like, and they all got like this white T-shirt that they wrote on with Sharpie, something, something tree service. You right. know what I mean? Right. And they go over to Daddy, and Daddy's got a cut right here, right across the bridge of his nose. And the cop's like, well, what happened? He's like, listen, I'm not going to press any charge. She's my daughter. He's like, this was in, um, you know, some states like Virginia, if you do a domestic, you show up on a domestic dispute. Like, yeah, I'll take the primary aggressor. Yeah, you take them and the state prosecutes you. Yeah. It's not a. That's what Tennessee was. All right. So some states aren't like that, though. If you don't press, then. They, uh, well, yeah. So so they couldn't if they couldn't determine a primary aggressor and all this and that and the other. So they go up. <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to go through this. He's like, she hit me right here. He's like, what'd she hit you with? Well, her teeth. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, what, wait a minute now, where her teeth? What do you mean? He said, she threw her teeth at me. He said, let me change that. Well, you just need to stop. Are you recording this? Okay, go ahead. And and she goes back and he's like, well, this not. She didn't necessarily throw her teeth at me. She threw them. In my direction, it just happened to hit me right between the eyes. And and the guy's like, uh, the cop's like. How do you write that report? Well, and he was, and here's what was happening. The cop was Assaulted like. her. With well, he was like, now I need to determine if there's, a, if there's an aggressor here. So he's like, all right, how far away was she? He's trying to back out of this situation. Because you know what he's doing? He's like, I can't write this. Assaulted. With her teeth, because yeah. that's going to require so much writing and so much explaining, you know. So he's like, she's standing over there, right that would over be there. So much fun, though. He was like, that's forty or fifty feet away. He's like, I understand. He said she threw her teeth from fifty feet away, hard enough to cut your head. And you hear her still over there screaming, "I make y'all all this money, y'all need to give me, get my teeth. Where's my teeth at? Give me my money." <laughs> Should have thrown your teeth at him. Yeah, exactly. Well, here comes this other old chick walking up there, skinny as a fence post and she's got a camouflage shirt on she's like well here's your teeth and she's got them out of her pocket and they got like grass, grass. <laughs> exactly yeah, exactly exactly have you seen this episode no, i just 
mean, and, I don't have something hits the ground. And, and she wet. tries to get him to the cop, and he's like, well, I ain't touching him. <laughs> no. Like, you know, cut that guy's head with him, and you got to, I'm, I'm hoping that's grass on it. <laughs> and, yeah. and so finally, he has to be like, so he's trying to calm her down. Well, this is the this is the weapon, too. Like, do you. <laughs> exactly. Because he, he asked his buddy, he's like, do you want to pound this? Exactly. He's like, because then he's like, let me get my gloves on. So he's got his gloves on. He's got the teeth in his hand. He's like, do you want to impound this? And so they're having this conversation and they're like, you can tell, cause like, you know, there's things that are, you can't make this up and, and you know, they're saying things because the cameras are rolling, right. you know? So they're trying to say things in a way that they'll understand, but yet it won't come back to bite them later. Like, yeah. why didn't you prosecute this thing? And, and he's like, I just don't think we can determine an aggressor here. And I'm like, Clearly, it's the chick that threw the teeth, you know? So he's like, ma'am, this is what we're going to do tonight. And she's like, you th- I'm all day. He's like, ma'am, this is what we're going to do tonight. You know, just like, be quiet. I'm I'm trying to give yeah. you the out, you know? And so the skinny chick that had her teeth, she's like, she lives over in such and such city. She's just going to carry you home. And this guy's steadily trying to talk her off the ledge. And she's just wound tight as a snare drum. It won't come in. So he's steadily shutting the door. She's screaming and kicking the door of the car and everything. He's like, good night, ma'am. And I'm just like, you know, the, the daddy's over there. And the mama, then the mama she's comes. She's kicking the door like for the person who's going to take her home. Yeah, exactly. And the cop's trying to put her in the car like nice and gentle. Yeah. And the mama's at first screaming, put her in jail. And now she's hollering, don't put her in jail. She don't need to go to jail. She's my baby. She got her teeth. She got her teeth. <laughs> and the girl's hollering. You can hear her screaming in the car, my teeth. Where's my glue teeth? My teeth glue at? Where's the teeth stuff? Hold my teeth in at? It was just, you're just like, how do you keep a straight face in this stuff? Pray for police officers. <laughs> I mean, the, seriously though, that's the that's the ups and downs, and it's like, and what they don't realize is like, he, he could have just came off of a call where, you know, a child passed away, or you know, an elderly person passed away in the house, and he's being sympathetic. Then you got to go deal with this drama, <laughs> teeth drama, <laughs> teeth drama, and then somebody's over, you know, next call, it's like. Somebody's so upset about a neighbor's dog barking, you know, and y'all better do something about this dog barking. Well, sir, it's not illegal for a, for a dog to bark. It's know? annoying. Yeah. And, and But it's not illegal. So then, I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff. And especially, man, I mean, we evangelize in the Charlie Parks, but, but man, you talk about, like, drama. Because it's a, it's a little village. You yeah, know? Oh, yeah. They all live together. That's right. And everybody know knows everybody's other. business and everything. They know who's a drunk. And who gets home when yeah, and exactly who does right. what and exactly. who don't do nothing. And yeah, you can't get away with nothing in a trailer park. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. So if you've ever thrown your teeth in a fight before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to our podcast. Hey, you won't, you won't hear it anywhere else than the Unscripted <laughs> Podcast. The tooth throwing stories. But, you know, it's a perfect way that, you know, I was thinking about this when I was telling a story. It's an easy way. That you we can segue into, into the gospel into the gospel. It's the perfect way to segue into the gospel. It's from throwing teeth, and and here's the reason why, is because people make such messes of their lives that there's only one way that they can really fix it. Only one way out. And and any other way they fix it is just a, uh, it's just like the whale that we did Friday night with the kids. Mm-hmm. It just looks like it's fixed, but it's still broken on the inside. Yeah, that was like the the best analogy, and. uh Let's not talk about it because I'm going to use it in a in a uh, marriage retreat this fall, <laughs> and I know some of those people listen listening. to this podcast. Yeah, but but yeah, that's the that's the whole thing. Is like it's just the bond, and uh, no, we can talk about it. it. I mean, that was like the the perfect thing. I've I've thought about it literally 
all week, all weekend, and and it's a and so what just for you listeners like what Chris did is he he had the youth group our youth group over at his house, and he took two pieces of metal, welded them together, put it in put one piece in a vise, and then tried to get my son to break it with a big old wrench. Couldn't break it. Couldn't really couldn't. He might have put a slot bend in it. And this is right after it was done. I mean, you yeah. had just finished welding it. Yeah, it was it was cherry it was red when we put it in the vise. And uh and then took the same two properties of, of two pieces of metal that were pretty much the same as the first one and then welded them together with aluminum and and it just it just it just snapped in half immediately with no force. And and that's the whole thing is like some people think that that they're um that they're good to go because it looks like but looks can be deceiving and and certainly so, so we're just gonna we're just gonna draw some lines today and and we just no we no, just, no we're gonna uphold some lines that's right that's right and but and it may it may turn some people off but but we're gonna stand for truth and and I think about um I think about a lot of things but but Paul says you know I remember him saying that. I believe it was in the book of Galatians. He said, "Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth?" And it is in the book of Galatians. And and so and so that's a and that's a big thing. And so we're going to tell you the truth. And and so right now, if if you've gotten there's some watered down versions of the gospel, and and then there's some uh, I don't even know what you would call some other versions of of that would be similar. That and so, well, this comes. This is born of us talking about the church last week. That's right. And so what needs to be defined is because you can't have the gospel without having the church mm-hmm. and you can't have the church without having the gospel. <clears throat> so like, like I want to show you it's, it's a, an analogy or not an analogy, but, but a uh, description of what I mean. Mm-hmm. So let's go to Acts chapter eight. All right. So in Acts chapter eight, this is after the dispersion. And in Acts 8, you got in verse number 4, it says, Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. So what is what is Philip doing there? Preaching. He's preaching Christ to them. Preaching the gospel. Now that's verse number, what is it, 5 or 6? Yeah, 5. Now verse 12, but when they believed, what do they believe? So Philip preached Christ to them. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Yeah. So Philip, so he pre- preaches Christ and the kingdom together. Exactly. Yeah. And so, the, this is a um, this is this the reason why I wanted to do the the weld scenario with the kids Friday night was because. If you looked at those two welds, you know, I, I I I I ground the piece of metal, so it had a V. It's called a weld prep, so it can properly fuse from the base layer all the way to the top, the weld together. Well, I laid that piece of aluminum in there because as I welded that thing, I welded right over top of that aluminum, and I stitched that top together, and it looked just like a weld. Mm-hmm. And to most of the world, as long as it looks right, it's okay. And so as long as I think that the church that I'm in is right, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's that's the kicker to the whole thing is really what is the bond to the church. And and but there was also defining factors that at a critical point 
when pressure was put, when it really, when it came down to the nitty gritty, whatever you want to call it, it broke. That's right. Because only we can look like the church, we can talk like the church, but really and truly, it's the bond that makes us the church. Because when I took those two pieces of metal and I welded them together, a weld, we th- it, it's become synonymous with a verb, but it's actually a noun. Because a weld means literally combining two elements together. So they are welded together. And so what happens is, is when you preach Christ in the kingdom, literally you're bonding yourself to Jesus if you accept the, the, the terms of that agreement. And so when, you pre- when Philip comes to Samaria and he's preaching Christ in the kingdom to them, he's preaching the way that we're bonded back to God. Now, the problem with the world is, is that because the church from its infancy, from the day it was born, mm-hmm. it met together. Just about all churches meet together. I mean, I know coronavirus has really jacked that whole model up. But just about all churches, denominations, and I'm going to use this term very loosely, mm-hmm. right? They meet together. They meet together on the first day of the week. They meet together and they read the Bible, most of them. I know a lot of them you know, have kind of put that aside yeah. nowadays. But the problem is... Movie series. Yeah, right. But the problem is this. It's the bond. Because we've got to understand that the, the it goes back to this confession in Matthew 16. You want to look at that? Yeah, that's fine. And and that's the whole thing is is uh I could I could see um people are like why don't why don't you fellowship together or whatever? Well there's when there's when there's a there's just some things that would that would just really if it breaks the bond, I I, I can't have any part with it because Christ doesn't have any part with it. And that's the kicker. It's not that it's see the 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 difference is is that when when the word fellowship means mutual sharing. So when you're talking about fellowshipping with the denominations, you're talking about a mutual sharing in the sense that we agree on the same things, and that's not the truth. Mm-hmm. That's that's not the case because it it doesn't matter what you think or believe or feel. It only matters what the Lord says, and yeah. and that's what really is the crux of this thing in Matthew 16. And so it's not that you know, I can hang out with you and we can fish and we can go hunting or we can do mm-hmm. certain, but when it comes to these things, the matters of, of religious authority and principles of salvation and what is the bond, it, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what it looks like to you. It really doesn't matter what you think. Elementally, they, are, they cannot work. You think about this, like I showed the kids and and it's not elementary; it's elementally like the, yeah, uh, fundamental, very basic. Right. You know, what what is on the periodic table of elements? Uh, aluminum and and steel just doesn't go together. Exactly right. Even though Fe iron is an element and aluminum is an element that are on the metals, mm-hmm. they're both metals, but they're still incompatible. Right. Molecularly, they are too different in order to bond. So what happens is, it, even though you may look like you're bonded together, it's not. And so here's here's the thing, is that in Matthew 16, it boils down to this. This is the basis of it. In Matthew 16, in verse 13, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So they're saying all kinds of things. You know, what if you ask the world today about Jesus, 
you're going to get all kinds of confusion, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. why they're answering these things. They didn't really understand who Jesus was. That maybe you're Elijah, maybe you're Jeremiah, maybe John the Baptist. You know, it's to us we think like you guys are so silly. John the mm-hmm. Baptist was dead. Elijah's been dead for what, at this point six hundred years or so. Right. Yeah. Jesus put. He said that John the there's you know Elijah's going to come. I don't guess we need to go down and chase that rabbit hole, but Elijah's going to come back and John and Jesus said, "Hey, John the Baptist was." But that's Elijah. born of that, right? Yeah. You know why they think he's John the Baptist? I mean uh, Elijah because there was a there was a, a prophecy mm-hmm. that there would be the the Elijah to come again. That was John. Yeah, right. And and not not literally Elijah, but a person like Elijah. Mm-hmm. Well. You know, so Jesus is saying, well, what is the world saying? What is the world saying today, Bob? The world is saying a whole lot of foolishness that 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 we look at in in the view of scriptures and realize how can you miss that? Yeah, I mean, even when Jesus was on the cross, they were saying maybe he's maybe he's calling for Elijah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so, so he says, well, who does so the world no different when Jesus asked this question while they're standing there looking at the city built on the rock, yeah. Caesarea Philippi. When he stand there asking this question, the world didn't understand who Jesus was because he asked him, "What is folks talking about?" You ask people today, "Tell me about Jesus." You're gonna get all kinds of answers, right? Number two, he said to them, verse fifteen, "Who do you say that I am?" Simon, I mean, uh, who? And and so they, who, he said to them, to the group, then, but who do you say? So first of all, what's folks talking about? What's folks saying about me? Second of all, well, who do you say that I am? Well, Peter stands up. And he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Simon, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus isn't building his denomination on Peter's confession. Jesus is going to save the group of people that are willing to understand that he's the Christ, the son of the living God, that's his people, his ecclesia, his called-out group of people, his number of people that's going to be saved. The reason why there's a challenge with this in the sense of that it paints a term in our mind is because we synonymously have aligned the term church with any religious group in the world. It simply means the called-out. Peter, you're right, and because you said that, that's what we'll be able to build We'll be able to grow. We'll be able to expand the group of people that are going to be the called-out number on that. Because if you understand it, there will be other people that will understand it. That's where the saved will be. So that's why in Ephesians 5, when Jesus, I mean not Jesus, Paul is talking about the church. I think it's verse 32 just so it's clear. Um, yeah, verse 32, Ephesians 5 and verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. He's talking about homes, right? Mm-hmm. Husbands and wives and everything. But he's using an analogy of something that they would have understand to talk about the church. Because in verse 26, 25, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the sure. church. Not the denomination, the called out group of people. The which ones? The ones that realize that he's the Christ. Husband, love your wives as Christ also loved the church, gave himself for her, that he might what? Sanctify the church, cleanse her, the church, with the washing of water. How? By the word. So how is the church sanctified and set apart? By the word. When Peter said, 
when Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, my, the, the flesh and blood, you know, folks haven't revealed. You know, it's not like somebody came to you and, and convinced you of this thing, Peter. Yeah. But God did this for you. You saw, you've seen the things that I've did. You've been with me. You've lived the life with me. And now you can understand that I'm the Christ. And Peter says, upon that understanding, Peter, that's what we'll build the church on, the group that will be saved, the group that he will, verse 27, might present her to him. A glorious church. A glorious church. Why? Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she should be holy and without blemish. So what do we understand about the church then? The church is perfect. Yeah. The church is perfect. Why is the church perfect? Because it's been sanctified. It's been washed. It's been washed, right? It was purchased, Acts 20 and verse 28. Take heed unto yourselves and to all the Holy Ghost, which which he, which he's made you overseers of, to feed the church of God, which he, Jesus, purchased with his own blood. Same thing in verse 26. 25, gave himself for, sanctified. So the church is the group of people that synonymously understand that Christ is the head. Yeah, and there's not there's not many churches. There's one. And, and that's why, because it's only, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the what? The life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You don't get to, you, you have to, the only way that you are born again is through incorruptible seed, That's like right. we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. So when you're born again of that incorruptible seed, you are then added to the church, to the body. Ephesians 1, 22, 23. It defines for us what the... Yeah, he gave he put all things under his feet, Jesus, and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and in all. Yeah, so before the break, you, you have these you have these two pieces of metal. And and just kind of this analogy is is you have a person is one piece of metal. And you have God as the other piece of metal. And to join those together, you have Christ in the middle. You have his sacrifice. Another way to, to say that is you have a person and you have the church. The way that, that someone is joined to the church is through Christ in the middle. Love's the bond of perfection. It's what holds the church together. And and that's the, the sacrifice of Christ. And and as you as you think about this bond, um, where would you where would you lead somebody first? Because I'll just I'll just make this this statement that people I guess a lot of a lot of um, people in in I guess in in denomination churches or whatever denominations that we agree on some principles. You got to have faith in Christ. You got to believe in the Bible, and um, some believe that you have to remain faithful to God. Um, yeah, we kind of dealt with some of that with our tulip stuff. That's right. And it's just such a Shotgun. Yeah, and, and they believe, hey, salvation's only through Jesus, and so I don't think we need to make a case for that or anything. Right. But there's a there's some there's some big lines that that separate uh, our beliefs from from some others, and and really, we're just I just want to make a case for baptism today because that's really a, a drawing line. Either either you believed you were saved before you got in the water, or you believe that that you were saved that that the water that baptism was part of your salvation story, and so. It's it's either it's one or the other. It can't be both. And some people are really confused. So right now, 
if you're listening to this podcast, we want you to write down. I was, pause it. Pause it. I was finish this statement. I was saved before I was baptized, or I was saved when I was baptized. I was saved before I entered the water, or I was I wasn't saved, and you know, so so either either yes or no. I was saved before I went in the water, and that's really the the so pause it and, and make that statement, answer it honestly, take as much time as you want, and just don't let your phone die. <laughs> Come back to it. So as you as you think about this, um, we hope that you answered that honestly. Well, a lot of the world. Some people don't want to answer this, and here's the bottom line. If you can't answer that honestly, then you're not being honest with yourself about your own salvation, and it's the most important thing that you can really, that you can do. I mean, if Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, if in this life only we have hope, we're all people the most pitiable. So good Christians, bad things happen to, to good Christians, and so your salvation is, is so important, and so we're going to talk about that today and, and really – we're just going to, I want to talk about baptism and I want to talk about this bond. And, and so there's a couple of things, first of all, that people say, well, all you got to do is call the name of the Lord. Well, we'll, we'll address that. And, and there are scriptures that talk about confessing in Christ, but, but there's also, there's also verses that, that would stand alone about confessing in Christ, but there's also verses that stand alone with repentance there's verses that stand alone with faith, and there's verses that stand alone with baptism. So which one do you want to leave out? Because there are verses for all of those that that talk about, and there's verses for living faithful. So, okay, be faithful unto death, I'll give you the crown of life. Well, that, does that mean I never have to be baptized? And and so you could take some standalone verses and say, well, well, you, well, you never have to um, confess Christ if you just live faithful. Well, it's all part of this process, and and really, what it boils down to is, is is people misunderstand what faith is. Is faith is not just a a intellectual belief. I can't tell you how many times I preach this, Chris. It's not, but I, but people miss it so much. Faith is not just an intellectual belief. Faith is an is an is is a belief so much that I'm going to live out an obedient life. So let's talk about the bond. Okay. Um, I want to. Uh, I want I want to start with there there's some watered down versions and and here's uh here's a couple of them. One is people go, "Well, what about the thief on the cross? The thief on the cross." And they'll shout that out. Well, here's here's the bottom line. The church has not been established yet. Yeah, the church was established in Acts 2. Mhm. That's at 50 days 50 after days. 50 days after Christ's death. Right. And and Colossians 2 and verse 14 and and Ephesians 2 both say that Jesus nailed to the cross the old law. Mhm. So Jesus nailed to the cross the old law. Hebrews nine sixteen and seventeen uses this perfect analogy of the fact that that a testament is not only it comes into effect after the testator dies. Right. So your will, no matter how many times you change it, only comes into effect after you die. Yeah. And Jesus, Jesus spoke. I mean, he spoke. He had the power. He could speak sins forgiven. He did that on a couple of different occasions. Yes. And 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 the big thing is that that's why. The church, Jesus tells Peter in that Matthew 16, we read it yeah. a few minutes ago, I'm going to give to you the keys to the, to the kingdom of heaven. You're going to unlock the door, right? It's not that, that Peter gets to cut his own key, put his own tumblers in the lock. Mm-hmm. Jesus is just simply giving him the key, the thing that opens the door. And so you got it. Number one, first and foremost, is, is when you make the statement the thief on the cross was never baptized, you're making a statement trying to prove your point because 
you can't t- you can't just as well prove to me that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Right. So number one, you've got to be able to prove you're absolute. Yeah, there was a lot of things that 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 this uh that this thief knew, and I don't really don't. We can do a whole series on the thief on the cross at some point. Or, but the fact of the matter is, is that the thief must have knew something about Jesus. That's right. Because when you come, Lord, remember, when you come to, when you remember me in your kingdom. So something he knew, right? Yeah. So so in order for you to say that the thief on the cross was never baptized, you're jumping to an uh, to an extra biblical collu- uh, a conclusion. Right. That the fact that something must not have happened, so therefore you can build your case on it. There's no reasonable way to extrapolate that. So number two, this was before Pentecost. Right. So Pentecost is the day that the church begins on. So therefore, you're still living under this old covenant. Right. Jesus hadn't died yet. That's right. And so Jesus, did Jesus have the power to sin, forgive? I mean, that's why they hated him so much. Right. Which one is more harder to say, guys, take up your bed and walk or your sins are forgiven? Mm-hmm. Which one's the tougher thing do you think? Because, you know, he's just walking. That's right. But but I'm telling you, his sins are forgiven. Arise, take up your bed and walk. And he yeah. did, and they're all yeah. astonished. Yeah. And so. Yeah. All right. So I think we've answered that uh, in a, in just a quick way. Uh, certainly, feel free to put your comments down, and we'd love to have a study with you. Here's the second thing is, is people have this well with, um, you know, with bowed heads and closed eyes, how many of you are saved or whatever. And if you're not been saved, then pray this sinner's prayer. Well, there's not one example of one person praying their way into salvation. That's in, right. In, As a matter of fact, when Bible. Paul reads, meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, he tells him to go in the city and it'll be told to you what to do. When Ananias comes and meets him, Jesus says, Behold, there's a man named Paul who is what? Praying. Three days. He's been there three days without food or water, and he's praying. Exactly right. He hadn't had drank or ate anything in three days. Somebody, Saul. Saul's yeah, yeah. yeah, Saul, right. He will be what we call the Apostle right. Paul. Mm-hmm. But he's been sitting there for three days praying. If anybody can pray their way into heaven, surely this guy can. Yeah, three days at it. Three days of praying and met Jesus. You know, you know on the road. Yeah, it's not like it's not like he had a, uh, you know, picked up a track in the bathroom. Yeah, and pr- he met Jesus. Right. He's seen him. He's blind right yeah, exactly. now because he's blinded because by his, Jesus. That's right. And he's been in there three days. So there's nowhere in the Bible does it t- does it say that we can pray ourselves into heaven. That's right. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that God doesn't hear the prayers of the unrighteous. Mm-hmm. So now you think about this. Uh, so let's just let's just go to let's just go to Paul. Let's look at let's look at Acts twenty two. All right. And so this uh, every time well, well, when you see where the church was established in Acts two, mm-hmm. you see that baptism is involved with calling on the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then and and so Saul is all, Paul so, is also going to tell us about this. Yeah, because Peter quotes the prophet Joel. Right. You know that he's because they think you know Peter's standing up and they're preaching the gospel and people are accusing him of being drunk and and Peter's like no 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 you guys are missing this this is what the prophet Joel talked about when he said in these future days I'll pour out my spirit on my sons and daughters and behold whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved yeah and then Peter goes from verse what is it twenty twenty two through like thirty six he's telling them. Here's who the Lord is. Right. It's Jesus. You killed him. Exactly. God it's, raised him up. Exactly right. He's the Lord, so. Boom. So then they say, well, th- this Jesus whom you crucified is now Lord and Christ. Right. And so they said, well. What are we going to do? What, what should we do now? And he's like, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. So, so in Acts 22. So Acts 22, Paul is Just re- a little bit of context mm-hmm. is Paul's. On trial here. Yeah. And what I love about this is that every time he gets on trial, he doesn't offer a defense. What he does is he just, he just says, he let preaches me, the gospel. Let me tell you about Jesus. Yeah. So he tells his story. 
you know, all the times. You know, this is one of his. Don't put me in jail. No, yeah. he's like, here's Jesus. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So Acts 22. Let's read. Where do you want to start at? Uh, you got the whole thing. Uh, let's just start in 10. What shall I do, Lord? So he struck down on the road to Damascus. He asked the question, verse 10, Saul does. So I said, what shall I do, Lord? The Lord said to me, rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. And since I could not see for the glory of that light, he's blind, being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came into Damascus. Then a certain Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour I looked up at him. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth, for you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized. And wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question because I have heard. Ask me, or did or I'm gonna did ask you? you a question? Yeah. Oh man. Because well, I, I've heard. I really look smart. I've with heard the whale some. Thing. Don't I've heard some stupid. pastors with with doctors by their name preach on this, and they're like, they they get down they get down to verse 16 and they read it, and then they're like. No, we all know that you don't have to be baptized to be saved. And then they'll go to some other verse or whatever. And it's like, dude, it's right there in front of you. And so I've heard people like Dr. David Jeremiah, all right? I've heard a lot of good things from Dr. David Jeremiah, okay? But Dr. David Jeremiah has preached a sermon on this, and he gets down here, and he and he's changing God's word. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't fellowship with Dr. David Jeremiah. That's right. Now, Verse 16, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So the, the the question is, is like, why? Where where is the separation of baptism and calling on the name of the Lord right here? There There isn't one. I mean, there's the, so maybe rephrase your question because I don't know if the audience is going to understand what you're asking. Yeah. So like, can you separate baptism and washing away sins right here. No, you can't. And and here here's the reason why. You have to you have to extra you have to subject this to the idea that I'm looking for this to happen, okay? So so in order for that to happen, then you nullify the what the Bible teaches about it in other places. So let's just hold our hand there and let's just mm-hmm. look at let's look at some other verses just so that because this is a common they'll say, "Well, being baptized and then washing away your sins by calling on the name of the Lord. Yeah, there's some versions that change that. And 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 so let's look at what the Bible to. Let's look at like 1 Peter chapter 3. And this verse may be one that that you've never read before or maybe your friend has never read before. So just in context in 1 Peter 3, Peter's talking about Noah, you know, just, this, just start in 18. Okay. Let's just read it. For Christ suffered also once for sins, for the unjust, that he might bring us to bond, right? That's that, mm-hmm. that's that's what he's saying, right? Might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by spirit, by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long suffering when once the divine long suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared in which as few as their eight souls were saved, how? Through water, 
Does it say that, that Noah and his family were saved by calling on the name of the Lord? No, they're saved Does, through water. Does it say that they were saved because they confessed Jesus? No. Does it say that they were saved because they built the ark? No. Does it say that they were saved because they really believed that God was going to have a flood? No, Chris, we got like just a few minutes before the next break. All okay. Right? All yeah. right. I just want I want to fill in all the blanks here yeah, and, and because that, it's specific that it, it says is. water. That's exactly right. And, the, and so the, this is one of those standalone verses for baptism. The, the, where is few as eight souls were saved through water? Where is also an antitype? Now, just if you don't understand what an antitype is, it's something that is representative of something else. Yeah, it's, so, not, it's not something negative. Yeah, people, it, people today's society see antitype. Yeah, and they think like it's it's a bad thing. No, an antitype is Christ was the lamb. The, the behold the John behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Yeah. Well, the Jews had to sacrifice a perfect Lamb, white, spotless, without blemish. Mm-hmm. You know all these things because Jesus was going to be the perfect Lamb, without spot, without blemish. All these things, type, anti-type. Yeah, Jesus was the anti-type. All right, here is the anti. There is an anti-type now which saves us. Baptism. What saves us, Bob? Baptism. Not the what. Removal of the filth of the flesh. Not an outward showing. Not a not a not a confession of faith. Not a it's baptism Sunday. Not a whatever you want to fill in there. Not a fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Not a but what an answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I understand what I'm doing in this. It is not. It is me. What am I? What am I understanding when I'm baptized, Bob? What am I doing to myself? What does Paul say in Romans six? That's happening. Well, you're you're surrendering. You're dying to yourself. You're being buried with Christ in a watery grave, and you're being raised to walk a new life. What did Paul need to do? He needed to be baptized. Why? Because he was in his sins. And, and he needed to he, be born again. He needed to be resurrected. He needed to die to Saul and live for Paul. He needed I mean, Je- live for Jesus. Yeah, he, need, he needed Jesus. And, and so when you read verse 21 here as well in 1 Peter 3, there's also an antitype which now saves us, baptism. Now, leave out the parentheses. Or whatever you call that thing. All right. Yeah, that's it. You mean the parentheses? Yeah, there, there's a... You saying the change of there, scriptures? There's an antitype which now saves us, baptism. And then he goes through this this thing, kind of the finest stuff, and it says, baptism, skip the parentheses, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That that you're identifying... Romans 6 tells us that you're identifying... Let's read it. Yeah. By the way, Romans 6 comes before Romans 10 that says, whosoever... You know, that they're right. talking about confessing Christ. Romans 6. Which one to read? You want to read 3 through 6, or you want to read what? Well, let's start in verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. God forbid. And so so the first... You know, we all learned that in the King James, because we yeah, all still God say... God forbid, because we all... We all, <laughs> we all right. that. And, and here's the thing, too. you got to remember something, audience. Rome, he's writing to the church in Rome. These are people who are Christians. Right. These are people who have died to themselves, and they're living for Christ. They're born-again believers in Jesus. And so he's telling them. He's a known value. He's telling them, do you not know that when you were baptized, this is what happened? Verse 3. But but before that, though, he so there was a, a little context about Rome, is that for 35 years, roughly, the church had been established in Rome. Well, Rome was a Gentile people. There were not... There weren't a lot of Jews that were there. And so for 35 years, the, the church pretty much had existed in Rome. Well, now these Jews are coming into to the church at Rome, and they're going, hey, no, you guys got to be circumcised. 
And and they're 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 throwing all this stuff, and so it really confused the people. So Paul writes them a letter, and he's going, "No, it's not about the law. It's not about keeping the Old Testament law. That that really this is about. It's about Abraham your faith, was justified by faith. That's right. You know, that's why chapter one, the Gentiles are sin. Chapter two, the Jews are sin. Chapter three, can't you figure it out? Everybody done sinned. Yeah, and we've all sinned to fall short right. of glory of God. Now let's go back. You Jews, when we're without strength, that's right. when Christ died for us. You Jews want to make a case about the law. Let's go back to the origin of of our, our our OG Jew. Let's go back to Abraham. How was Abraham justified? That's right. Justified by faith because when God called him out of the land of. Er, he left and went. God said, you do these things and you'll be saved. And so he's saying the same thing as he rolls through this in Romans chapter 5 and then and then into verse 6. Don't so, so what does that mean for you guys? So y'all continue these sinful, foolish things? You know, you think you can keep the law? You think you can, you know, you can justify yourself by some other means? No, that's not how Abraham was justified. Remember, verse 2. Shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? You died. Yeah. How shall we? How shall we? If you died to sin, how can you live in it? So that means that they 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 purposefully and pointedly, through an answer of a good conscience, mm-hmm. an answer of a good conscience, you made a decision to die. You don't die. You don't live for sin anymore, but you live for Christ. Do you not know, verse three, that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For we have been, for if when we have been united together in the likeness. Slow down, slow down. You're getting excited. I know, I get jacked up. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, how? Baptism. Right. Certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. What's the first word of verse 6? Knowing this. Assuming. Right. Open. Thinking. Right. Believing. No, it's knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. How? Through baptism. That the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. There's nothing important about that water except your faith in what's happening. And and that's the kicker to the thing is that people say that we preach this water salvation. It's not that, that there's some kind of water salvation that we're talking about here. It's we're talking about faith in Jesus and that that means that I've got to die to myself. I, I, I took a couple right up here to our baptistry just last week and let them stand there and watch that little chlorine thing that bumps around mm-hmm. in there while the water circulates. And I said, you see why that little thing's in there for? They said, yeah, that's the, that's to keep it clean. I was like, exactly right, because the water's not clean. You yeah. let this water sit here long enough in South Mississippi, you're going to have algae growing on and all kinds of nastiness in just a few days. we got to keep chlorine in this water to keep it clean. This water will never do anything for you. It's Jesus that's going to do it all. But it's because you're going to have this good conscience, Peter says, through the resurrection. That's what Paul outlines here in Romans 6. We're united in his death. We're united in his resurrection. And so now it's the water that gives you the birth. It's because it's activated by your faith. Yeah. Look look at verse uh, verse 7. I want to put verse 7 and verse 18 together. Verse 7, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Okay, how did you die? Go back into verse 3. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we're buried with him. So verse 7, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Go to verse 18. Having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So so he's talking about, look, look at, back at verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you present your, yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves to whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience 
leading to righteousness. And so, verse 18, having, um, 17, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine, that form of teaching to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So how did they obey that form of doctrine, Bob? They're baptized. So so then that means that there is a there is a one way, right? Galatians 2 and verse 20, I'm crucified with Christ. How was he crucified with Christ? When he died, right? Paul's saying that. That's right. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Now, we've been raised again, Romans 6 and verse 4. We died, we're raised again. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith, not by faith, but by the faith of the Son of God, they that form me. of doctrine, right, this way that God has ascribed for us to live, who loved me and gave himself for me. So now let's talk about the we, – we're going to take a break, and let's talk about the blood. Yeah. Okay. So let, let, um, I think that we're okay to go for like another five minutes, and then we can break <clears throat> as far as the time goes. You think so? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think some cut off, but go ahead. You think so? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, y'all, if it cuts off, then we'll just we'll <laughs> shut her down. All right. We'll come back after a break. But you think you look at verse eight. If we died with Christ, we believe we're also going to live with Him. And and this verse nine, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over Him. And and so as as you think about this, that 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 we're to be we're to be we're now alive. And we're now alive with Christ, and so there's well, before this, we were dead. Before we were dead, and and I want to I want to point out another thing here too before we get to the blood part, is that people believe that there's two different kinds of baptism. That there's this Holy Spirit baptism, and then there's this water baptism. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is how many Christs were on the cross? Mm-hmm. Was there one or was there two? Right, because in the in the same sense, uh, I want us to look at, at two verses, and then uh, and then we'll we'll take a break and go to the blood. So let's go to let's go to um, let's go to Ephesians four. Okay, and I believe we pointed this out last week as far as the the body of Christ. Ephesians four. How many lords are there? One lord. There's one. So so you go to verse four. Ephesians 4 and verse 4, there's one body. That's the church. We established that earlier. There's one spirit, just as you're called and one hope you're calling. One Lord, one faith. There's one belief. There's one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all and, and through all and in you all. So there's a there's this, uh, there's this one baptism. So there's not a Holy Spirit baptism, and then there's a, and then there's a water baptism. So 1 Corinthians 12 talks about that, and I know... Verse 13. Verse 13. And talking about the, the church, he says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. So you have, a, you have this... And all have been made to drink into one spirit. Yeah. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So, so you go back to verse twelve. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many, they're they're, they're many, but are one body. So also members is members means parts. Members means parts that's of right. the same body of the same body. So like you get your hand. That's why it says you got. Can I? Mm-hmm. Can the eye say this? Can the ear say that? Can the foot say this? You know, your body has many parts. Ephesians 
five, uh, four and five goes in. I mean, um, four goes into a little bit more description of the every joint supplying a need. You know, all the different parts of the body supplying it. So he's just talking about members, not the the body being divided up. That's right. And so, so First Corinthians twelve says, "By one Spirit, we're all baptized into one body." Then also you have um, you have uh, where we were just at in Romans six talks about that we're baptized into Christ. Right. And Ephesians one twenty two says he's the head of the church. That's right. The savior of the body. Right. So there you go that there's one Lord, one church, right? One That's faith, right. one hope, all these oneness things there. So now let's let's get this is why the significance of this thing is is understanding the blood. Where the blood is at. Let's take our break and all you right. want to come back to the blood? Life in general is about decisions. Every decision that you make has consequences, and you're tethered to every single one of them. Jesus gives us this awesome opportunity that you don't have to make all the decisions in your life all on your own. You see, he invites you to come to him, to learn from him. Jesus gives us this perfect example, and he tells us in Matthew chapter 11, he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm meek and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. We have so much to learn from, from Christ, and he gives us this example of saying, if you really want to learn from me, take my yoke. You see, yokes were used in the, back in Bible times to, to, to put two animals together to pull a load or to pull a cart or to plow ground. And you would put a, an ox together or you would put two mules together and they would pull the load together. And that's what Christ offers for us is he's offering to pull the load for us. Christ invites us to, to come to him. And we're to be his followers, disciples, learners, people who have yoked in with him. And he builds a community around us called the church. The church is to be made up of people, people who God have looked at their hearts. You see, the world wants to paint a picture of everything that would divide us. The church is painted a picture of the things that unite us. That Christ, he builds this community that when we've yoked in with, with other people, they may be different from us but we can learn from each other. What a beautiful thing that it is when we can have difficult conversations. There's, there's no conversation that the church can't have. And that's what Christ wants from us, is he wants community that's strong, that's yoked in together, that learns from each other. And most importantly, that learns from Jesus. And he invites us to come, take, learn, and find into the blood so Acts chapter 8 Philip's preaching again Philip sent to to this guy the eunuch and so he's talking about Jesus in verse 32 the place in the scripture which he read was this he was led as a sheep to the slaughter he's quoting Isaiah 53 or he's reading Isaiah 53 and as a lamb before it shears is silent so he opened not his mouth in his humiliation Christ his justice was taken away and who will declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth. 
So the eunuch answered Philip. The eunuch is the is the student here, and Philip's the teacher. Answered Philip and asked, I said, I ask you, you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning of this scripture preached what, Chris? Jesus. He preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. So we don't know how long he's talking to him about Jesus. But the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. So the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Now, a couple things here. One is there's water. They go down into the water. It's not There's not a sprinkling. If, if all, that, if all that, that the eunuch had to do, so he preaches Jesus, and the student realizes, okay, I'm putting Jesus with baptism. Now, let's go back, and let's, let's do this. So let's do... Exactly what we the, so we we talked about the thief on the cross. Mm-hmm. So in order for them to come to this conclusion that the thief on the they'll say the thief on the cross wasn't baptized, the scriptures don't teach that. They don't teach it yay or nay. They don't teach it for or against. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no way that you can <coughs> deduce from the fact that that he was not baptized. Right? Mm-hmm. So so your argument falls just in the in in your. A statement, right? right? Which I mean, what, so he would have been baptized into John's baptism. Yeah, but I'm just right? saying, yeah. you know. Th- but there's no mm-hmm. way that you can get there from the scriptures because mm-hmm. the thief on the cross is just mentioned right. in prophecy, right? Yeah. A little bit in general right, terms, right. and then specific yeah. and specifically here, you know, when when, we, when he's there. But but this right here, we can deduce sound deduction. That is Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You walk into this room, I got my gun out, Ben's laying dead with the hole in his head. What are the cops going to deduce? Yeah. Somebody died and Chris is holding a gun. Yes, exactly right. Is there a jury in the world if I say, if I got gunshot residue on my head, the ballistics match the barrel on my gun, is there anybody in the world that, that is going to con- that cannot convict me of killing me? Convicted. Ben without seeing it, right? Right. What do we know was taught here without seeing it? What can we deduce soundly? Baptism is taught with Jesus. Baptism is taught with Jesus. He preached Jesus to him. The student goes, oh, there's water. What keeps me from doing this? Why, why didn't he say, Philip, why can't I just confess Jesus in my care? Exactly. Chariot? If all he has to do is confess Christ. Or why can't I just pray this prayer, Philip? Then the chariot can keep rolling down the road. If if he's the eunuch, the, the one that's under authority of Candace, of Queen of Ethiopia, you know, if you come in across the desert, the one thing you're going to make sure you got with you is what? Water. Water. And, and if I knew that was the point I was going to be saved... I would be willing to spare a little bit just to sprinkle it on me if that yeah. was okay. And if all he had to do is be sprinkled, the chariot rolls down the road. If all he has to do is repent, the chariot rolls down the road. If all he has to do is confess Jesus out loud with his mouth, then the chariot rolls down the road. But here's, here's the point. They stopped the chariot. Here's water. What keeps me from being baptized? He put baptism with Jesus. And the point that I wanted to make before we go any further is the fact that, that the one baptism involves the Spirit of God and it involves water. And they went down into the water. You're baptized into Christ. You're buried with him. Well, Peter says in Acts 2 that you received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. In verse 38. Exactly. And so they're synonymous. That's and right. And so so now th- that's why this is such a significant event and un- to understand because when the Lord comes, when, when Jesus, in Ephesians 5, that he's going to present the church to him, a perfect church without spot, without blemish, right? 
this perfect church. Why is it perfect, Bob? It's not perfect because the people are perfect. It's because they're washed. Because of the blood. It's because of the blood. When when God came through Israel, I mean Egypt, on the last plague, he didn't come through looking for how good the people were. No. You think about this, and I didn't think about this until I said it Sunday. I know. That was that was awesome. That only that God would come through and save everybody, but not a single adult was going to be worthy of Canaan. Mm-hmm. Except for Joshua and Caleb, yeah. every single one of them were going to die in the wilderness. So God, when He came through that night, He wasn't looking for perfect people; He was looking for the blood. That's right. And so the reason why we're saved. Let's look at First John one. Well, and they had to be obedient to the standards of being behind yes, the blood. Yes, exactly. That's because what I'm saying. Because people are like, well, well, you know, works won't save you. No, they will not save you. But obedience. obedience Will exactly, and so, uh, so obedience. You had if they didn't get out there and take the blood and put it where God told them to put the blood, they would not be saved when the when the Passover. They'd have been dead the next morning, just like every dog, frog, and and hog in in Egypt. And here's what we're telling you: if you're li- if you're still listening to this, we're begging you. If you believe that you were saved before you got in the water, the Bible does not teach that. You're not saved. You need to obey that sweet gospel, and you need to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins so that you can be saved. Jesus said it in Mark 16, 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. All right, where, where were you going? No, no, keep going. So so the, it's don't stop. It's paramount. I mean, and, and this is where people want, people are going to give you a watered-down version, and it's real easy for somebody like Billy Graham to stand up there and say, all you have to do is, co- is confess Jesus Romans 10, 9 and 10 does say that. But but also, there, there are other verses that even our Lord himself said. you got to be baptized. And, and and so and here's the kicker. Perfection does not come through the people. It comes through the blood. That's right. So uh, Ephesians 5, that he's going to present himself back to him, the church, sanctify it, cleanse it, washing it by the water, by the word, that he might present to himself a glorious church without spot and without blemish. Why? Because where, where's your blood? I, I was studying with this lady the other day, this family the other day, and, and I said, if I cut your arm, what's going to run out? She said, uh, the Holy Spirit. I said, let's get off the theological kick. I said, <laughs> so let me just pull my knife out and cut your arm. What's going to run out? Yeah, blood. Holy Spirit going to run out your arm? She said, oh, blood. I said, what's what? keeps your body alive your blood yeah what keeps jesus's body alive the blood you while you were dead in your trespasses you've been made alive where in christ yeah god told noah when he came off the ark he's like now you can eat meat he's like but don't eat it with the life in it that is the blood the blood is the lifeline that's exactly right so here we go where you at uh first john one all right go ahead Verse 5, this is the message that we've heard from him, Jesus, and declare to you, Christians, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. This is how it's not about perfection. This is how you know it's not about perfection. You know, I've got to be, there's something perfect that I've done. It's not like the, the, that, I, that I kept this ritual of, of baptism perfectly. That's not what it's no. about. Mm-mm. It's that, that God is a light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, Jesus, and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. How do you that were dead to sin live any longer therein? Romans 6. Verse 2, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. 
If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth isn't in us. Where's the blood at, Bob? It's in Jesus, in the light. You can't live a life. You can't live a life that says, I want to do what I want to do from now on. It's now I have died to sin, and because of that, there's the blood. It's not that it's not that you're going to be perfect, because verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, you're a liar. Mm-hmm. We deceive ourselves, and the truth isn't in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's talking to Christians, Bob. Right. He's not talking to the world. This is not a verse for the world that says, if you confess your sins, Jesus is going to forgive you of them. That's not who he's talking to. This is you walking in the light. He's talking to Christians that are walking in the light. And so, Bob, the reason why baptism is such an important thing, because it's the only place that you can access the blood. Amen. And and here's, and here's, let's, since we're in 1 John, let's go to 1 John 5. All right. And sometimes this can be a little confusing to people. There's a, and, and uh, I'm going to read from, from both versions kind of what, there's kind of debate in, in some of the manuscripts as to whether or not parts of this verse was, is included or not. And, and, and I, but the, the point is, is that the main, the main thing is included in both versions. All right. So first John five, what? first John chapter five, and, uh, and we're going to start verse four. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Verse 6, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. So notice how the Holy Spirit here is saying, through John, Christ came by water and by blood, and now the Spirit's testifying. Verse 7, there are three that bear witness in heaven. Now, this is where this is where some of your versions will change. Some some of your uh some versions will read this, verse 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on the earth. Some of your versions leave that section out. All right? So I'm just going to, let's just say we'll just leave it out. All right? So now I'm going to read it as if it was left out. This is how some of your versions will read. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. So stop at the colon, pick it up at the next colon in verse 8. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. When Christ died on the cross, after he's dead, he's still hanging there. And a Roman soldier breaks the legs of one of the guys on the left and breaks the legs of the other guy on the right, comes to Jesus, realizes he's already dead. They broke their legs to speed up the process so that they would suffocate quicker. You had to stand up to, to draw a breath. He came to Jesus, realized he's already dead. And John records... What did he do? He thrust a spear into his side. And what came out of his side? Blood and water. Blood and water. Now, if you if we were to poke Ben in the side. All the right, Holy Spirit going to run out? <laughs> you know, so if we poke Ben in the side right now, is what's going to come out of him? Blood. Blood. Blood only. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, 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 see, 
the Roman soldier thrusted Christ, and and Romans were they they knew they were perfectors of of killing people, and he knew that 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 Christ would asphyxiate and that he would die, that his lungs would fill with fluid, and so he thrust this this spear up into his side, and so he he got thrust up into the lung, which allows water from this fluid from the lung to come out, and so blood and water flowed in his death. Blood and water needs to flow in your death as well. You're baptized into his death. And so you have these three that bear witness on the earth. The spirit, you have three that bear witness in heaven. Three things are telling you that telling God that you're a Christian. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. But here's the here's the deal. Your pastor or somebody who you've been believing this whole time, they're not they're not telling you that these three agree as one. They're not telling you that the water and the blood and the spirit are all agreeing. They're separating these things out. They're saying there's a Holy Spirit baptism and there's a water baptism. It's false teaching. It is flat-out false teaching. Peter said, you need to call on the name of the Lord. And they're like, well, what shall we do now? You, we, you crucified the Lord. What should we do now? You need to be baptized into him. In Acts 2. In Acts 2. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. So you have baptism, there's the water. You have you have Jesus Christ, there's the blood, and he says, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, there's the Spirit. They're agreeing. You need to access the blood, and you need to do it today. So so let's just make sure that we clear this up before we go. Mm-hmm. All right. This is not about us arguing over some kind of religious oh, thing. This oh. is because the, one of the greatest lies that the devil can do is give us, go back to the beginning, is this appearance of a weld. And that's what the world is teaching us with the watered-down truth of salvation is an appearance of a weld that's really not strong enough to hold you forever. It's really not strong enough to be able to, to bond you to the Lord. It's really none of those things. It's just an appearance of it. And the greatest tactic that the devil has, and he's always used the same thing, is just a perversion of the truth. Just like he told Eve in the garden, when you did God really say that you can't eat this fruit in the day you will die? It's just a perversion of the truth. We got to understand is that this is what God, we, we say this, this podcast is a plead for your truth, for truth. This podcast is a plead for your salvation. If you've not been born again, if you've not contacted the blood, Revelation 1, 5, if you haven't bathed yourself in his blood, then you're not going to go to heaven. And I'm not setting those terms. The Lord did, but I just want you to understand it, how critical this is. And so the devil's lie will always hold men forever. But you can obey the truth. you got to understand that more people will go to hell than they will go to heaven. The numbers, if you look at it, would bear out that the devil is victorious, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The devil, the Bible teaches that, that we are more than conquerors. We're victorious. Why? Faith is our victory. The devil, yes, the majority of the people will go to hell, but he doesn't win. You can be victorious today too if you'll just do what the Lord says. When you when you look at Romans three, and he says all have sinned and fall short of glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You see that that grace, redemption, justification, justified, being free, is all in Christ. Without so people will say, Well, where's the grace in this? You gotta access the grace. 
Yeah, the, the grace yeah. is in the blood. The grace is in the blood. If we say we do not sin, we are a liar, and, and the truth isn't in us. And so you have to access, grace is only found in Christ Jesus. That's what Romans is, 3 tells us. The church is perfect because that's where the blood is at. That's right. And so so when you when you think about this, uh, salvation is only in, in Christ, and there's only there's, there's lots of verses that talk about putting your faith in Christ, lots of verses about confessing to Christ. There's only There's only two verses in the whole Bible that talk about into Christ. One, we already read it, Romans 3, I mean Romans 6. And then you go to Galatians verse, 3. Yeah, Romans 6 and verse 3, do you not know there's many of us that are baptized into Christ Jesus, we're baptized in his death? You need to get into the grace of Jesus Christ by being baptized into it. Galatians chapter 3, are you already there? Mm-hmm. Go ahead and read it. Verse 26, for all, for you all, talking to Christians, you just got to remember that every every word that you read after the book of Acts is written to Christians. Mm-hmm. So everybody he's talking to is a Christian. For you, Christians, all are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 27, for as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. How do you become sons of God? Through faith in Christ Jesus, as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So the question is, how would you get in your shirt? What? How'd you get in your pants? How'd you get in your shoes? You put them on. How'd you get into Christ? Put him on. Put him on today. We're begging you to, so this to be a, saved. This this is why we when we discussed this today, the question last week was about why isn't your church, it started from why isn't your church as big as others? Well, here's the reason why. is because not everybody wants the truth, Bob. Not everybody right. wants the blood. That's really what, the, because those two are synonymous and they mean the same thing. Because if you wanted the truth, and you wanted the blood, you would have you, they, you can't separate the two, and so the reason why the Lord's only going to save one church is because there's only one place where the blood is at, and those are the ones that have obeyed the gospel, not something that that we've come up, but something that we've read right here from the scriptures. We don't deny that you got to have faith. We don't deny that you've got to have a, live a life of confession. You know this this outward showing in your life. We don't deny any of those things. We agree with all of our religious friends on those things. Mm-hmm. However, they're going to draw the line at where the Lord forgives you, where the Lord saves you, where the Lord washes your sins, where the Lord pardons you, whatever case they're going to be, other than what the Bible teaches. And they're going to they're going to compare baptism to you giving a tithe on Sunday. That's right. And and so that's baloney. Yes. That is flat out baloney. You you putting you putting money in the plate is not it's not gonna it's not gonna save you. That is a work. Baptism is submission. And and if you want to really talk about it being a work, it's the working of God. Colossians two tells us that it's the working of God. So listen, if this if this podcast if if this podcast uh if this means something to you, then share it with somebody. And and if maybe this podcast changed your your way of thinking, or maybe it's got some wheels turning. I know of people, I know of a guy who was a deacon in the Baptist church, who who whenever he began to read the scripture, he said, the first thing I started doing is I started studying it so that I could prove that, that baptism was wrong all right, for salvation. Then he said, then I got convicted of it. He said, it still took me six months. So here's the bottom line. We, we just love you, and so does the Lord, and we want you to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we want to see you in heaven. This is not some self-righteous thing. This is about a plead for the truth. Yeah, I mean, if there's if there's just no will, bridge that we're not willing to cross. I mean, if you if you want to talk about this privately, we'll have this conversation absolutely. privately. We're not monetized for this for this either. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we give our we give freely, and I love doing it. Absolutely. You 
And that's why you can watch this commercial free as well. <laughs> right. And so also think about this is like share this because people people are not going to share the truth. And we don't mind. You, people can beat us up or whatever. It doesn't matter over this because it's just a cold, hard truth. And Absolutely. We had that, we had that uh, parenting in the digital age and – uh, uh, all the parents, you know, we had some parents that drew some pretty stiff lines mm-hmm. after that. And I'm glad that they did that. And I told them, I said, just blame it on me. Yeah. You know, just blame it on Bob. Blame it, blame it on one of us. I don't care. I don't care. I mean, you know, like, you know, ultimately they're going to love us in heaven if they hate us now. That's right. And so, Hey, listen, we want you to go to heaven. We want you to obey the gospel. We want you to receive the blood. If you have any questions about this, about the unique nature of the one church, about the reason why the Lord's only going to save anything. If something hasn't been made clear, if it's as clear as mud, get in touch with us because this is an important thing. Now, you can all, you can always reach out to us, but this we want to make sure that you understand explicitly that the Lord's coming back, and when he comes back, he's going to be doing the same thing he did when he when he came in Israel, in Egypt. He's going to be looking for the blood. It's so important that uh, Ben left the podcast in the middle of it. He's like, oh, I forgot. I, I got to study with two people. <laughs> and they walked in right in the middle. And uh, listen, y'all. It's really important, and we, uh, we hope you'll share this with somebody else. This is the Unscripted Podcast.